0: Welcome to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as usual, by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Welcome to you, Josh. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Welcome to you. And let me just say, I'm glad that the three of us are together, because when we're living life to the fullest, I think we're a good example of why life is a beautiful thing, if I may say. That might sound weird, <laughs> but I'll explain. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so today, obviously, we're talking about a topic that's uh, uh, quite serious, actually. But you know, when we we're talking about the fifth commandment, mm-hmm. "Thou shall not kill," mm-hmm. and in so many ways, life life in general is such under attack. Mm-hmm. There's the, the respect for life in so many ways, in so many different areas, is just disregarded in such horrible ways. And I think when people live in communion with, with with one another, people live their life to the fullest. People live their vocation. It's a beautiful witness to the beauty that God has given us in life. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about that fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. And um, I think we're going to talk about some exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even though the commandment says thou shalt not kill, there are some exceptions to that. And we're going to talk about what areas there are no exceptions yeah. on that. I got serious there. Yeah, you did. There. We got no exceptions. There,
1: there are some, I think, I think it's an important distinction right off the bat. When the Bible says, thou shall not kill, um, if you look at the actual translation, it's, it's actually more correctly translated to thou shall not murder. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an important distinction because if it was to not kill, then when I hit the mosquito on my arm, I'm causing a great sin against the 10th commandment, right? Yeah. But thou shalt not murder something fifth. of the 5th commandment. Fifth. Sorry, what, yeah. Yeah, I, I said 10th. Maybe the 10th as know. well. but, <laughs> but yeah. Specifically. Yeah. Um, I cover my blood, you yeah. know, whatever it is. Um, the <laughs> the idea, though, being that thou shalt not murder. So it, it, it brings the intent of killing to something different. It, murder having specific intent, having um, and, and doing it for for a reason. Um, um, the church lays out very specific Areas where killing is allowed, or or is yeah. is permissible, I should say, maybe is the right word. Right. Yeah,
2: I, I think that's that's the right way of, of putting it. Uh, permissible, because it's it's seldom or never the case where you know the church actually says you know killing is a moral good. Yes, like yeah, that, yeah. Is, yeah. that is <laughs> you, you know you're talking about something that is uh, permitted by circumstance. Um, but coming back to what you said about like kind of the the biblical translation, um, a lot of people will say like, well. Because, um, like, if you get into kind of biblical language uh, debates that it's like, well, Hebrew only has, you know, so many words. So, you know, the same word for kill and murder and, like, you know, a lot of times the same Hebrew word is translated as several words. But, like, even even in... Um, kind of Old Testament Hebrew, there are two different words. So like the word for uh, killing is, is harag, uh, and the word for murder is ratza. Um And, you know, in, in the Ten Commandments, the, the word ratsa is used. So it does specify kind of murder in, in the translation. Killing. So there, there's a good kind of linguistic case for um, that. It just doesn't apply to killing more broadly. Also, the context that the Old Testament is written in, you know, y- you have the Israelites existing within um, you know, a number of warring nations. So, you know, circumstantially, you know, th- that w- that wasn't an option. And if you look at kind of the history of the Israelites from that point, you know, th- there are a number of kind of military situations um, where, you know, killing is... Um, yeah, going to happen. At, at the very least, permissible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that, that's an excellent distinction. Thou shall not murder. So mm-hmm. in that case, so you've already mentioned swatting a mosquito. Yeah. In that sense, too, like, what about... Killing other animals, for yeah, and
1: God gave us animals to use, right? And so we talk about that in the Genesis and everything else. So, so eating of animals is totally permissible, uh, allowed. Um, even that, even the case that while killing wasn't allowed or murdering, I should say, was not allowed, um, God still required in the Old Testament after He gave those um, those those laws. He still required sacrifice where it instructed the Israelites to kill uh, a bull or a pigeon or a lamb or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so those are still like, obviously, there's a difference there. And so we're talking about human death. We're talking about murdering
0: specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the Council of Trent actually clarified that, that uh, thou shall not kill, thou shall not murder, refers to human beings and not animals. However, did you know that it is one, it, it is permissible, I guess, to uh uh, kill animals, but it's still sinful. To torture mm-hmm. animals. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Still tor- it's for torture.
1: I think any, anybody who hunts or, um, like myself, I grew up on a farm. I, I have a farm and uh, I do my own. I, I kill and eat my own meat. I, I clean my own meat myself. Um, but it, I think most of the people I've ever talked to, hunting, fishing, um, and, and farmers, um, there's a respect for taking a life. There really is a, a deep respect for that um, and um, that you do it swiftly,
0: um, quickly, without pain, without torture, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's would be one exception. I don't even know if we can call them exceptions to the rule. No, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one would be something that's, I guess, a little more. I don't know about controversial, but it's capital punishment or the mm-hmm. death penalty, mm-hmm. and this comes with a bunch of asterisks. I would say. Yeah. So I think at the very beginning, um,
1: it, it came. It came with a bunch of asterisks because there are there are <laughs> there are. M- m- Obligations that a that a person has to protecting the innocent, and so sometimes that means it protecting the innocent from someone who is a serial killer who is killing and has been proven that they cannot be rejuvenated, that they will kill again. And in the, in olden day times, I'm going to say where you didn't really have a way to. Um, prevent this from happening other than maybe trying to tie them up, but they could get free. You know what I mean? Like um, you put them in a, in a, in a cage of some sorts with, but there's a chance or they've proven that they can get out and that they can, and they can go on another killing rampage. The church allows or says permissible to protect the good the of common the good. common good of yeah. the people is that we that capital punishment in this case is is allowed, or to to restrict the person from being able to kill again. So there is other cases where they talk about like just taking the arms off the person. But back again, like you're looking two hundred years ago, that probably means death, and it that really, might be more mm-hmm. torturous than 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 just killing the person, beheading or or hanging or whatever the case may be. And so the church at that time has has said in very specific circumstances for the greater good it is common. But the pope came out with something not too long ago and we uh, but and the idea there is being that in today's society there's very few chances that we don't have the jail cells to be able to hold a person that they can't escape. Right. There's like you, you, there isn't the same yeah. onus or it's not the same fear that the person's going to get out and kill again necessarily. Yeah. We have we have jails, we have facilities that we can lock the person up on their own for the rest of their life and 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 to know that that's probably what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, and if we want to maintain this like distinction between, you know, killing and murder, yeah. that, the, that the church has always tried to navigate between as you said, kind of, um, you know, maintaining public safety. You know, uh, public authorities have an obligation to maintain public safety, uh, but also recognize and preserve the the dignity of human life. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, uh, this this modification that the Pope made to the Catechism is is really saying that you know, base uh, like we have the capability of incarceration now, so right. we can preserve the common good. Like we can we can maintain public safety um, in a way that you know we no longer require the. Uh, the death penalty in order to do that and you know you, you could you could argue you know in some places of the world that's yeah, not that re- that's case. not an option yeah. um and you know you can you can kind of have a, a moral debate about what, whether or not it's it's permissible there but really like the the goal of the church in, in you know um, in in a situation where you have incarceration um you know the death penalty is the equivalent of murder. Not mm-hmm. ju- not just killing because there is kind of an active agency there. You're you're denying the dignity of of the individual human life. Um, so again, we we want to we want to make sure that we're we're kind of um, navigating successfully between these points. That you know we we want to recognize kind of uh, you know moral obligation to. Mm-hmm. Respect and maintain the dignity of another's life.
1: You're also uh, you're, you're denying them the chance at yeah. um, being able redemption. To, yeah. Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Repentance. So, so being able to come back to to understand what they've done wrong, to ask for forgiveness for their sins. You're you're cutting their time short when you yeah. when you know, and so giving them that opportunity as well. Because we are a, we we do believe in forgiveness. We do believe in second chances. We are yeah. a church that believes that, and so giving the yeah. giving the person as much possibility of coming back from their fallen away state. And to me that that's, that's a way that the church shows hope and in all situations, right? It's not just a bad thing. It's, it's hope. Now the heinous crimes, obviously there are people that would feel safer if that person was maybe passed away or dead Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. So there, you know, but we can lock them up. They're never going to get out. That's,
0: that's the option the church is going to shoot for. And that's a good distinction because so this, this, um, amendment to the catechism of the Catholic Church happened in 2018. People said, well, there goes Pope Francis changing the catechism, right? But it was always that. It was always with the understanding. It was considered the appropriate way to deal with someone who committed a heinous crime and was still at risk of endangering the common good, right? So that that was like the solution to the problem to protect the common good. But... Now, technology or security, I should say, uh, has enhanced in such a way that... It's not really a, an but issue. Killing someone is not the only way to keep them away from yes. people. Right? Yeah. And I think that I think that is an important
1: distinction specifically as we battled the question in the Western culture, you know, because capital punishment is allowed. Is Are we allowed to um, kill somebody for whatever they've done? And so the Pope weighing in on that saying, this is what the church teaches. I don't think he's necessarily changing it, but, but right. pointing out the fact that mm-hmm. this has always been what the church teaches and to make it clear... Yeah we
0: have this capabilities now. Today, those those situations have changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's another, uh, you know, sort of exception, I guess. I don't know. What about a just war? Oh, I like this one, because this is
1: actually one that I always kind of, like, we hear a lot about crusades with the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church. We hear a lot about, uh, like you suggested with the Israelites, always kind of going to Mm -hmm. war, like, do not kill. But go invade this land and take over everything mm-hmm. and and kill all the kill the yeah. kill all the men and kill all the wives and children and the cows and whatever. Um, so the just war, um, there has to be a good enough reason. Yeah. You can't just go and invade a country and call it a just war. There's actual specific guidelines when it comes to what is a just war. And so, but one of the things I do like about the church, the church points out that we, again, as as a, we have an obligation to stand for the innocence, to protect, and specifically calling all men and, and women to that um, stance of, if you are able to stop someone from hurting someone else, you will not only are supposed mm-hmm. to, you're obligated to, meaning like you are going to go out of your way to stop this from happening. Yeah. And so in a just war scenario is kind of where this teaching kind of comes to play.
2: Yeah. I think I think we did an episode on on just war theory, but like yeah. just the in, in short, like the 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 criteria. For yeah. what qualifies uh, a just war is is very high. The bar the bar is very high, and very few wars um, in history actually kind of meet that threshold. And even something like the the Crusades, you know, you could make a case for the you know the the first Crusade or the first two Crusades, but the After third and that. fourth crusade <laughs> were you know f- kind of far outside. Of that. E- even kind of the the World Wars, um, you could say that you know some countries' involvement you know met met that criteria, met that threshold. Others didn't. So uh, again, it's, it's a really, really high bar for what the church says. It's like, okay, this is, this is a, context, a context for um, just war. But even uh, it applies to um, e- even just kind of public law enforcement. You know, if it's your job to maintain public safety and security and you have to make decisions in, you know, split seconds and, you know, assess assess situations. You know, there are s- situations where, uh, again, it's, it's not only kind of morally permissible, it might be you know the the right thing to do, or you know Might the, the, the right yeah. action to, um, yeah.
1: If you have to take a life in order to save life,
2: then it, yeah. You know, <clears throat> even that becomes becomes complicated because you don't necessarily want to do um, this kind of utilitarian calculus where right. um, you know one one life is proportionally equal to whatever. Like, the, yeah, the, the difference dignity, I think that the church yeah. uses is
1: innocent life. Yeah. So if you need to take a guilty life in order to protect yeah. an innocent life, then then yeah. right is that kind of yes,
2: like uh, yes, and and the goal there is always for the common good yes. or maintaining public safety. Or, yeah. um, and you know, um, again, we, we we get into kind of murky water when we're <laughs> we're talking about like measuring the value of lives against other lives. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, another uh, sort of uh, exception I guess would be uh, self-defense because mm-hmm. it's kind of going along
1: this yeah, same topic. Yeah. Self-defense because in that case, I would suggest that you're innocent. You're the innocent life that you're protecting yourself against. That's right. Um, yeah. And so, and again, again, the the goal here would be to restrain a person. To that's right.
0: To, it doesn't mean that you have the right to kill someone. Yeah, no, in self-defense, self if if there's another way to mitigate the situation, yeah, that's right.
1: Like so, if if I'm <laughs> so if, if if you pit me against a ten-year-old child, right. I probably should be able to pin them down and hold yeah. them and stop the whatever would happen. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah. But but when you're talking about another person that could like that yeah. might be the only way to prevent then and, and then it again every other avenue possible. But if that's the last potential option, yeah. then then you're then it's yeah. permissible.
2: The same thing. If you're if you're a police officer or if, if you're in a situation of self yeah. defense like you use uh, what is it uh requisite and proportional force. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, and the other I think would would be like a, a death by an accident when it's really an accident. Mm. Someone doesn't take like the the guilt of it. Now, if it's if it's strictly an accident. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. if it's an accident due to someone's negligence, that's like, different. Let's say yeah, yeah, someone is drinking and driving and crashes into someone and kills them that's, that's a different that's story different, yeah. yeah but if it's if it's an
1: accident yeah so like by accident i mean if you were driving and you and you hit a piece of ice on the on the highway and then you ended up spinning out of control and y- resulting no car of your own exactly another car exactly that and, and and that results in death you're not penalized with that death it's accidental right even if it's an accident even if it's something you trip and fall down the stairs you end up hitting out somebody else halfway down the stairs and pushing them down the rest of the stairs and they die uh, same thing if you're not intentionally trying to do it, it it is death by accident meaning that the weight of death isn't on your soul
2: it's exactly. not permissible you're not I morally mean, culpable for exactly, that. exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah so okay so those are sort of exceptions <laughs> I hate to say exceptions to the rule. No, but it's per, not like, where the church permisses, per, uh, allows. There's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where there's no guilt, I guess, of the of the act, Yeah, right? there's
2: there's no implicit rejection of the dignity of, right. of the life. That, yeah. And like you Sanctity said, it's not life. like a celebration yeah. of, the, yeah.
0: of an end to something, but yeah. What about, so I, I think because some of these are known, some of these, like people know that maybe, you know, an accident is not, you know, at fault for it or at guilt for it. And this sort of blurs the line into other areas, yeah, right? You yeah. see today like what the church strictly calls murder. If we're talking about the fifth commandment, thou shall not murder. Like So the church teaches, for example, abortion is murder, yeah. right? Uh, the, the church teaches that euthanasia is murder, right? So these are sort of topics that the lines have been blurred because... People say, wow, that's kind of an old teaching of the church or I th- whatever. I
1: think it's really important to, to distinguish that there's a difference between moral law and legal law. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for instance, in, in, in Germany back in the 40s, uh, it was legally acceptable to do what Hitler did uh, or the Nazis did. They were the people in power. They made the laws. They changed the laws. They were allowed to do it. It was legally allowed morally it wasn't, uh, it, it was against moral laws, right? And so understanding there's a difference between legal laws, what's legal in a country, and moral laws. A lot of times in our life, I'm gonna say, uh, the legal laws and the moral laws seem to go hand in hand a lot of times. And yeah. so it, there, especially when we're living, like we grew up in a, Canadian is a Christian Judeo, our legal system is based on uh, Christian Judeo values. And so a lot of our laws go kind of hand in hand yeah. with what we believe. But now we're stepping outside of that, we're getting away from that, and now abortion is legal. Um, And not only is it legal, but our tax dollars pay for it. Um, uh, And same with euthanasia. Um, It's not only legal, but our our tax dollars pay for euthanasia to happen in our country. Um, It's a very slippery slope. And so understanding that while it still may be legal, it's not morally legal, it's not morally acceptable Mm -hmm. in those things. And that's where the church has to take a a strong stand. One of the distinctions here is that the church always believes in the sanctity of life mm-hmm. and so we don't believe that a life is um is a worth of a life isn't based upon the quality of life isn't you know and we or the stage or the stage <laughs> of life like it's it's all it's it's about the sanctity of, sanctity of life and so every life is precious whether that whether that person is living um with some sort of disability or not, Mm -hmm. that life is precious. And I think, I mean, like, if you look at uh, the areas where the church stands for it and and pitches that, it's kind of interesting that they always try to pitch the church as the bad guy when it comes to certain types of lives. But the church always says every life has value. Every life has worth. It's uh, The sanctity of life in every situation is worth the same, whether or not they have um, what, what we call the quality of a good life. And so when you take the moral aspect out of it then you take then you have to define what is life worth living for in some other way and so they've decided to go with quality of life and so if quality of life is this that or the other thing so the quality of life so if the baby is going to diminish your quality of life you can abort it um or if the baby's not going to have a good quality of life maybe they're going to be sick or maybe they're going to be have some disability of some sorts then you can abort the baby um so but it's quality not sanctity of life does that make sense Yeah. yeah Yeah. absolutely
2: um and uh, yeah as, as you were saying kind of uh, especially in kind of the, the west in the 20th century we've experienced this kind of divergence between kind of the moral law and the and and the legal law um and you know uh, we talked uh last week about um, you know uh, we talked about radical individualism and the idea that like um, a lot of our relationships um, have have become you know, relationships of exchange, relationships of economy. And, you know, um, one of the contributing factors here is that, like, we look at uh, people in terms of how useful they are to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, again, it it comes down to, like, boiling down someone's value, um, you know, not just being made in the image and likeness of God, their value is their use. They're mm-hmm. used to civilization, they're used to their community. They're used. So you have kind of, uh, you know, in, in the case of, um, you know, infants, um, you know, they're, they're, um, there's the promise of useful, youthful, uh, sorry, usefulness. And if that promise isn't there, you mm-hmm. know, their, their life is no longer... Uh, they, 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 again, the, the perception of, um, you know, the, the pro-abortion side is that, well, it, it, this isn't useful to society, this isn't useful to my family. Uh, this life doesn't have value. On the other end of life, when you're talking about kind of euthanasia, and you know, in in our kind of Canadian context, the medical assistance in dying, um, that it's like, okay, well, these these people, their quality of life is that you know they don't feel like they're they're contributing. You know, they feel like they're a burden to their family. You know, they're they're no longer you know they no longer identify as useful, so their life no longer has value. They're not looking at it from from the perspective of of the church to say that you know my, my life has value. Because God created me, yeah, like full stop.
1: It has it has nothing to do with what you're able to do. Yeah. Your life is worth so much just because God loves you. God yeah. created you, right? And that's, and I think that is the really basic distinction. It's not about what you can do; it's about yeah. who you are. Yeah. God, came. Um, Father Mike Smith talked about on one of his uh, catechism in a year. He talked about that we are stewards of the life that God gave mm-hmm. us. We are not the owners of the life that God gave us. And so, that if you think about it that way, we're not we're not an ownership, meaning we can take the life, but we're stewards of life, meaning that we are granted this life to live to the best of our abilities. And sometimes that means um, at the end of life is, is to go through whatever that next step is. And I think that today's society, especially, we we don't put enough onus on suffering. Um, the grace and and the amazing strength that comes out of suffering, um, even at the end of death, at the, at the last time. This doesn't mean, though, the church, the church actually makes very specific guidelines with, when it comes to euthanasia specifically. Um, and so it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to help somebody. You you don't have to preserve life Mm -hmm. in all aspects, meaning the person is on uh, ventilation and is getting their Mm -hmm. blood pumped for them, their body is completely not working, and you are doing everything to keep them alive. That's not what the church is saying. The church is saying that you can't medically assist in the dying, meaning you can't put forward something that should not come naturally. And so if, if it means that you're pulling the plug, the church is not against pulling the plug of someone who's going to be dying if that medical um, assistance wasn't there. That's a different scenario. Um, so you're totally allowed to someone, someone who has been battling cancer for instance, and has been battling cancer for a long period of time. Um, and it it came back with a vengeance and they're in stage four cancer or whatever else. And there, the doctor says there's this new drug. We don't know if it works, but I think, you know, it's a possibility it could work for you. The person's not obligated to go and try to Take that medication to try to keep life. They can allow, the church allows them to say, you yeah. know what? No, I'm done. I'm going to just let God like let the cancer, like I'm going to not do all this extra medication stuff. And if cancer takes me, then cancer takes me. They're allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: not by any means necessary exactly. to preserve a life. Uh, no. Right? But
1: now. but it is, but it is to make sure that you are going to the extent of not using something to kill right like to, to take yeah. the life earlier than should i think it's be. really
0: important for people to maybe talk about these things with their family or real or reflect on them for themselves because in canada especially right now it, you were just seeing such a slippery slope with <laughs> yeah like we're talking about uh medical assistance and dying what we call made in Canada or And it's legal right? now, so yeah. It's legal since 2016. Mm-hmm. And they, when they first came out to appease the public,
1: there were very strict guidelines and rules, correct? Right. And they said they said things like, it will only be in cases that are definitely terminal, that are going to die within the next six months, I think when it first started, uh, mm-hmm. then it will allow you, like we know without a shadow of a doubt that person's going to die within the next six months. That's when this is going to be allowed and legal. And then they slowly started to stretch. Right. And so, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, like, yeah. O- over time, they've kind of expanded their scope in in a really, really concerning direction. So, yeah. Uh, in the in the early nearly the days, there yeah it, there needs to be a foreseeable um an end of life um a in, terminal in in, in, yeah. in in the diagnosis. Um, and there was also kind of um added that you know this this wouldn't be um administered in cases of mental illness or you know with people who don't have the the cognitive capacity to, to actually make, make this decision. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, a few years later, uh, it was expanded to include people with, with chronic, uh, chronic pain, um, or, you know, ter- terminal illness. So again, not necessarily having that kind of immediate, uh, time horizon. Um, and now, uh, you know, uh, re- recently has been passed um, that you know it can be extended uh, legally, can be extended to to people who are um, experiencing uh, mental illness, which which again is should be hugely hugely concerning because yeah. uh, again, in, due to the nature of mental illna- illness, they may not have the, the the faculties, the the cognitive capability to make an informed decision. Um, you know, uh, never mind the fact that you know a large percentage of, um, mental illness are, are things like anxiety, depression, um, you know, these, these states that, you know, are, are, <clears throat> uh, a lot of times preconditions for suicidal ideation, you know, outside of, outside of this kind of medical assistance and dying context, um, you know, w- w- just, just from kind of a, a general medical perspective, you know, the, these are the, these are the people, these are the patients, uh, that are at risk for, um, you know, being victims of suicide.
0: There's so many ridiculous things yeah. going on in our country when it comes to this topic. You know, there used to be a time, and I would still say today, as someone who works in schools, there's a lot of effort and resources thrown at suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. Suicide prevention, I guess, for a certain age or a certain... Well, when they're going to be useful. (laughs) (laughs) Right, as you said. And then now, like, we're just opening up the doors to almost (laughs) encouragement of suicide. Mm -hmm. Um... Like, instead of providing mental health care, instead of providing these things or palliative care, you know, palliative care is such a gift in Canada that we just keep opening the doors. There's been so many ridiculous things. Like, remember, the there was a veteran, uh, mm-hmm. a veteran who suffered from PTSD.
1: In? Yeah, who called in, made the news.
0: Yeah. They suggested Have medical <laughs> assistance in dying to him instead of any support. Then, just earlier this year, there was um, the man who made headlines. Uh, he wanted to receive medical assistance to dying because he was homeless yeah because he, he couldn't he couldn't, affo- he couldn't
1: afford a home and anything else and so, so he'd he would wanted- rather just
0: well and, and i don't think no I, I remember seeing the the interview with him yeah. he says he didn't want to like yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like he preferred to die no he just that was his that was the option the, the option the best yeah. option for him yeah. at the time because he couldn't afford anywhere to live like it's just insanity and so the me- opening the doors to euthanasia uh, or made for people with mental illness was to become law in March of 2023. And someone in the Canadian government uh, thought, well, let's let's give it one more year. Let's try and work out all the kinks, I guess. Mm-hmm. So th- it, we're expected in March 17th of 2024 that this is now going to be law, that people with me- mental illness can go and apply for medical assistance in dying.
1: It's it's something to say, like you, you mentioned palliative care and I think that's so important to realize okay. like the church is okay with palliative care and inspect, in fact, because they believe in the sanctity of life and making people comfortable as they die, it, it's it's totally acceptable for them to have morphine or, or whatever, yeah. whatever drugs it is. As long as it's not encouraging them, like you know you don't want to yeah. add the extra bit of morphine so they'll die sooner, kind of thing. but in it, giving them pain relief in that time, making them feel comfortable, making them the church is a hundred percent for that. It's you kind of said the usefulness of that wh- what is the usefulness of that person in a government? Mm-hmm. Um, ideal, well, it's just a lot more extra money to keep them there in a bed and, and pay for mm-hmm. this and whatever. And so you can see that the usefulness isn't, so let, let's let them die. The person also can feel that, right? Is, can feel that, well, I, I'm, I'm a burden to my family. Exactly. I'm a burden to that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where I'm going to say that our like we have our hospices um, that I think the church has to get 100%, and the, and the church here locally is 100% behind, but uh, to make the hospices um, a place of peace for for the dying and and, and where people can die with dignity and again preserving that sanctity of life mm-hmm. you know keeping keeping the idea that every single life is worth something and it it helps us understand that we can <laughs> When we are healthy, to sacrifice a little bit to show that dignity towards the lives that are there and the lives that they have lived. And so, um, going out and visiting those loved ones that we have in the homes that are in palliative mm-hmm. care, going out and visiting those people it, from our church and from our area, um, visiting the sick is one of those corporal acts of mercy, right? Is taking care of the sick. And if it, so, um, um, visiting shut ins, like th- those are things that we can show uh, the sanctity. Of life, we can show our respect for the sanctity of life by going out and visiting, and by going out and and I'm going to say sacrificing our time, but I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Mm. Like more, more in the sense of um, giving something freely, so that we can go and and uphold this life that has been lived, and and the friendship and the love that is there.
0: Mm. One of the things that is is a little more troubling of uh, for, for medical assistants and I is that the acceptance of it is actually quite scandalous. Like now that it's being more widely used, Mm -hmm. it's almost becoming like an option for people who wouldn't have considered it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like your case, your example there about, well, I'm being a bit of a burden to my family. Now no one comes to visit me, whatever. I might as well take this option. Me as someone who visits the hospitals, Mm -hmm. visits people, you know, regularly, like they give these pamphlets to people when you're admitted mm-hmm. to the hospital. These are options they're giving you as part of your hospital care. Yeah. It is the saddest thing, you know. In 2022, there were 13,241 deaths in Canada to medical assistance in dying. There was that's 13,200 uh, as from 1,000 deaths in 2016. Mm-hmm. Every year that it's been law in Canada that you can um, <laughs> have a doctor kill you <laughs> um it's r- it, the the percentage has grown 30%. Yeah, Every that's year. scary. Yeah. It's scary. So we're only going to get worse here. I think it's a conversation people have to have because when you're in when you get admitted to a hospital or when you are faced with a health issue it's almost too late because you're such in a vulnerable state of mind, and doctors are telling you one thing, your family's telling you thing, you're already, you're sad, you're so, it's a it's a difficult time. Then they throw a pamphlet at you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and cruel. End all this suffering.
1: Here you go. Yeah. Right? It's cruel. And
0: I think it's a conversation that has to take place within okay. families because this is serious. This is serious things. Uh, it is. It is a grave sin.
1: Mm-hmm. It well, think, a grave let's call sin. it what it is. It's suicide. That's what it is. And so, and so the church has always taught very highly. And I think everybody else, as you said, it's a suicide watch. And then all of a sudden, we promote, we we discourage it when they're younger, but then encourage it when they're older. I, I don't quite under or or when yep. they're no longer useful. Yep. Um, and that and that's that's the problem, right? Is is yep. is that so? Understanding that. And, and, and looking at the numbers game and, and realizing, oh, this is a problem. This is like trying to teach people that it's okay to take your life um, mm-hmm. just because this, that, or the other thing. Um, it's, again, not promising people the chance for redemption. We talked about this, yeah. uh, you know, like if you hold somebody in incarceration, you're giving them as much time as possible to potentially uh, figure out and turn the other cheek and maybe come back to God or come back to forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, whatever the case may be. You're also doing that in this case here you're not you're like you know what i mean the church is standing by the same teaching in both scenarios capital punishment you're able to hold somebody <laughs> until they pass away then do so and it, and that's the kind of same like giving people the chance at redemption of second chances of turning lives around i mean would it kind of be sucking if if you know all of a sudden they you know you 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 were told that you had cancer and then you decided okay well there's no point i'm going to die in a year to two years and then you killed yourself and Two days later they came out with, Hey, there's a new drug, it cures all cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's always a chance for potential redemption there as well, right? I mean medically, but also but specifically for your soul and for spiritually. You're never taking that life away from never shooting that life. My 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 mom used to always talk about, like, you're like spitting that life back in God's face. Mm. You're never doing that. Mm. You're saying, God, thank you for this life. Thank you for the fullness of this life. And I want to live it to the fullness until the end, right? Until you
0: take me home. Yeah, I I, I think it's a it's a something that people need to really consider today because it's almost happening at a more rapid pace right under our nose like right in in front of us like your children are growing up in a world yeah. where it's socially acceptable to kill people who are suffering from a mental illness yeah. or who have something wrong with them like quote unquote who, who aren't useful or who are suffering or who aren't useful or who <laughs> are who are suffering PTSD or don't have a home like your children are growing up in a world like that. It's, it's, it's awful, but that's becoming the norm and, or that is the norm. That is the norm now. So it's only, it's only going to become something a little more heinous. I I think we need people, all people of goodwill to really get behind palliative care, to really get behind caring for people in all sort of stages of their life.
2: Yeah, and I, I think like so it's clearly um, a violation of the sanctity of, of human life. So like theologically concerning, like that that's pretty well established. But you know, even even people like yeah, we need to uh, we need to kind of work as a culture to reverse this because this is concerning from a, a legal perspective as well. You know, the Canadian criminal code was modified um, because, you know, up until a few years ago, it's illegal and criminal to counsel someone to suicide, to commit suicide. Um, now we're handing out pamphlets. Um, up t- up until now, this is concerning for, you know, the medical profession because, you know, up until, uh, and, and I don't know if it's still the case, um, in order to become a doctor, you had to take the Hippocratic Oath, which mm-hmm. is a promise to preserve life and not destroy it and not uh, to do no harm. Um, and, you know, you now you have... Uh, we talked about vows and promises uh, last mm-hmm. week. You know, now now you have uh, a lot of doctors in conflict. But you know, my um, you know the the profession that I am a part of and the legal system that's regulating that is telling me to do things that are against my you know the the vows and promises that I made when I became a doctor. You know, this is the opposite of mm-hmm. what I was what I was trained to do. This is the opposite of healthcare.
0: Yeah. Okay, I have to stop our conversation there because that's all the time we have today. But uh, that's uh, a good little reflection on on the Fifth Commandment. Some ways where, you know, it's... it's, Thou shall not kill, except sometimes. Except sometimes, (laughs) yep. Uh, Drop us a line if you have anything to add to our conversation. You can do that on our social media pages. uh, Or you can send us an email at com as so for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan. My name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.